The following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. Hello, it's Joe Franz here for the Novak and Franz Show. Say hello, Novak. About time you got it right. Novak and Franz Show. I'm the fucking boss here. <laughs> CJ. How's it going? Taylor Cooper, the producer of the show. Hi, Joe Franz. And I'm going to start it off. I got some extremely bad news. Way to start out a podcast. No, it's weighing heavily on my mind. So today is uh, February the 6th, 2019, and I am currently remastering the CKY video series to HD, along with Haggard and Ming Hags, and CKY4 is gone. What do you mean gone? It's lost. Makes no sense. What are you saying? Okay, so when I was a kid, I would hear about lost films. So, so one one that people always wish they could find a copy of, they're still searching for, is okay. Lon Chaney, London After Midnight. It was a 1927 film. And between a series of studio fires and misplaced prints in theaters, every existing copy is gone. People still have stills from the movie. And, and it, stories like that always fascinated me. But I never thought it would happen to something that I helped create. Well, couldn't, and I'm just interjecting real quick because I don't want to get way off topic here and I'll forget what I thought. But couldn't someone that owns a copy of that movie you were just talking about make a replica, a duplicate? Well, uh, here's the thing. So when we were making those films, Bam had an- We're ad- back on a CKY now. Yes. Okay. Yes. Bam had an, an editing apparatus called a Media 100. And I remember. How that would work is you would- Import all your footage at half resolution because there wasn't enough hard drive space to accommodate all that footage. Then you would take the, um, then you would edit your sequences and then you would export out to a beta SP tape, which would, you would lose quality. Then you would edit all your sequences, then re-import all the edited sequences from the beta SP SP tape back in, each time you're losing a little bit more quality. Okay. So the masters were about one eighth the quality. And so Bam would send those off to the replicators or MTV, whoever kind of needed it. Mm-hmm. And he would always send them back and never keep track of, uh, he would always send them out and never keep track of who was going to send them back to him and how they were going to send it back. And I would always get, I would always yell at him. I was like, Bam. We have to make backups. He's like, fuck that. I'm not paying $60 for a backup of Haggard. I'm like, bam, the movie cost you $450,000. Have you ever heard of something getting lost in the mail? He's like, well, I don't know. Like, deal with it. So at one point, he sent CKY4 out to a replicator or or someone. And I've looked through all of Phil's old billing uh, boxes and boxes of, of... Mail receipts, trying to figure out who has it. And the film is fucking gone. Okay, so again, my question. If I own a copy, a DVD of CKY4, yeah. could I not make duplicates of that? Well, Burn it, if you will. So the highest, the, the secondary- Might not be the same res, but- The secondary, yes. The secondary highest quality version we have would be a, a DVD version. Yes, that's Which is about- one twentieth of the of the resolution and the color correction capabilities of the beta SP, but that's what I have to do. Okay. So using that as my base, mm-hmm. I have to find every shot of that film and reconform it. Now I have been doing that with the other films, but it's always nice because you need the beta SP copy as a buffer because you can't find all of the shots. Some don't exist. 
Some have been, some, the tapes have been smashed, have been lost, but I generally have been finding 90% of the shots. But it's just, it's crazy that CKY4 is gone. The, 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 you know, and one of the things I wanted to give back to the fans was the lost um, Beastman Skeletor music video that we did. And I, it's just, it's insane. I mean, it's going to take about 10 times the work to rebuild CKY4 than any, than any other film I've ever done. And it's just, it was a real blow to realize that like, oh my God, something I created and something I made and put my heart into is fucking gone. And it's sitting on a shelf or in a dump pile somewhere. What I'm hearing and feeling as you explain your current situation is, is a sense of bittersweet, right? Bitter because... Motherfucker, that was the the most footage I had in any of the CKYs, right? It was CKY four, <laughs> right? So fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, because now you can't see more of me, me, me. <laughs> right. The Therefore, I don't give a fuck. Out. Yeah, yeah. Is I don't that, give a fuck about. Is that the bitter or the sweet? <laughs> That's the bitter. Oh, followed up by the sweet, which is now. I've entered into that realm of of a very. Uh, unique situation of being in one of those very rare, rare, rare occurrences and films that have been lost and can no longer be found. Even though it's going to cost me 10 times the work. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> wow. That makes me that much more fucking unique and one of a kind because my mother's never been in a film that's been lost and can never be found. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess there's... There is, I guess, a small triumph. I guess I can look at it that way in that, you know, through struggle, we can only find perseverance and rewards, right? I mean, if you never had a struggle, you could never get one of exactly. life's rewards back. So I guess this is going to be one of those things I'm going to be talking about for years and people are going to be asking me about. But um, And if you change your perception, you can absolutely change your world. Yeah. How are you viewing it? Is it, is it poor me, poor me, poor me? What I realized when I finally got sober is that the the world owed me nothing. I owed the world a lot. You know what I mean? So I was like, dude, uh, I just had to, I always played the victim role. You know, like, why me, why me, why me? When in reality, why the fuck not me? Yeah. And when I switched from the why me to why the fuck not me, what happened was I started to become accountable for my actions. I own them. I no longer uh, justified it. I no longer... Uh, ref deflected it, reflected it. I owned it. Yeah. Well, if it, well, how does this strike you then? Since mm -hmm. you don't seem, since you don't really care about how much time it's going to take me, it's now going to well, take me that much longer to finish your book, The Streets of Baltimore. Well, I've already taken that in consideration. You what did. I, I absolutely did. Because mind you, the core of my disease is, is selfish and self-centered. <laughs> it's me, 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 me. And if I have three minutes, you, but only if it benefits me. So throughout all this, actually, before you even start explaining the story, on my way here, all, I've thought, about, all I've thought about is how you have not yet began editing my intro clip for my speaking gigs, how you have not <laughs> yet started to fucking edit the finished version of the streets of Baltimore. That's all my mind is consumed with. And then I have to like bring a balancing act to it and say, okay, my thoughts are, are irrational. How do I make them rational? Do I go into the store and be like, what the fuck Franz? We've been, I've been begging you 
trying to fucking hand you my money to finish this project? Or do I say, wait, that's me being selfish, self-centered. That's me heading towards a drink, not away from one. Maybe I take Franz's feelings, thoughts uh, into consideration and realize that he is trying to balance things out such as myself. And we are not perfect. We're human. We're fallible to make mistakes. Right? So now it's not the victim role because I play the victim role very quick. Brandon, I'm a human being too. I just fucking said I, that. I only have limited amount of time on this earth and a limited amount of energy and you know and resources to to, to provide to the world. Well, good. Many now other you have people more to answer because you to. just lost one uh, of the fucking CKYs. I know it's. I didn't lose. Way it. to go, asshole! You son of a. Hey, let's go to the, let's go to the lines for once. We need a caller first. Oh, <laughs> it's sixteen fucking callers. This was way better than a phone I call. I threw my phone across the room to get away from it because it was buzzing every three fucking seconds. I enjoyed. Now, the, now no one wants to talk to uh, us. Now, you know, we need a phone call. After hearing that, no one wants to talk to us. I, I enjoyed that in-depth conversation. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it just. It was it was crazy to realize. At one point, I thought that Haggard was gone. Um, when I when I first started, the idea of reconforming the CKYHDs, right? So no one could find Haggard, and I was going through old tapes, mm-hmm. and it was right after Dunn had died. And there I am trying to. I have three computers going at once, digitizing every tape I can find. You know, six hundred hours of tapes, right? That I'm doing for free out of just passion, you know? And I'm like, I can't find Haggard. It's gone. And I put in a tape, and there was like a rough clip from Haggard. And there was Ryan Dunn's face. And I hadn't, he had been dead for about six months. And I still hadn't dealt with it in my brain. I hadn't cried yet. And as soon as I saw him, it was like fucking Niagara Falls. Meaning you haven't even dam. accepted it and no. or processed yeah, the still, reality for what it was. I was still in was. denial. I was still okay. in denial. I had, by that time, I had- no, Are you drinking to escape, to not face? I, I've never done that. Okay. No. Well, so what are you doing to to avoid dealing with Ignoring the situation? Ignoring my feelings, which by is what I always what do. what is what my question is. By editing, by by drinking, by, I just, what are you doing? I just turn my feelings off. You just have a switch? Yeah. Uh, and nothing you don't need to do I don't need advice to, to turn my boy. feelings okay. off because I had to do that when I was a kid because my okay. father was so abusive okay so I, I just learned how to just shut so my more about, it's off. a fucking survival mechanism for you yes okay Makes so sense. and and by that time I mean I had I had filmed the Ryan Dunn MTV tribute yeah I had attended his funeral I had seen he seen his grave I had yet to cry okay and then well, I popped in one tape and saw a rough version of Haggard that we had done and I just started crying uncontrollably and and nothing could stop the tears or the sobbing and I had guests over and I felt I'm like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry they're like it's okay it's okay everything's fine we get it and it like part of it was Ryan and part of it was like the legacy of that movie Mm -hmm. you know was gone forever yeah and you know luckily it has a happy ending I mean I found the film, you know, I just remastered it. His legacy lives on. I, I, you know, and it took me about a w- another week to deal with his death cry. And more importantly, day. you had closure, which meant you were yeah. finally able to move on, put this thing to bed, to rest, if you will. Yeah. Right? I had the same experience with Ryan. Um, as you know, I was incarcerated, right? I was- When he died. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I got the news via uh, some random guy on my block came and banged on my cell door and said, hey, your buddy's dead. 
And they said, well, he said, the guy from Jackass. My immediate, my first thought reaction was it was Bam. Um, and, and then it was Ryan. And, and I, I, I never processed it, never addressed it. I, I was so disconnected from reality, if you will. I was behind like multiple cinder block walls and, and gates and what you name it. That finally I got out years and years. And I continued to drink immediately, right? Uh, so, avoiding feelings with an alcohol, with a substance, with a whatever to escape the reality for what it was. And, and finally, years later, I'm sober. I go on uh, one of those trips with Bam for that music festival that they have in Ohio. Yeah. And, and I was sober. I think it was like a year and a, some change sober. And I left the venue and I caught an Uber to the grave site. And at the grave site, very similar to your experience, you saw his face pop up. It was the closest thing to, to me connecting with him in person. And I just lost it. You know, and at that point, I sat there. I made amends to him. Uh, we talked. We, we, you know, we we really connected again. Mm -hmm. And 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 I was able to do it for the first time in my fucking life sober. You know what I had always wanted to show him. You know, because he always really gave a fuck about me, I, and I knew that even when he was mad at me, I knew it was out of love and care and consideration. It wasn't like fuck you, you're an idiot asshole. Yeah, like, like I, I, you know, a lot of people I got that read that vibe from. No, he never. But he, 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 no matter how angry he got, no matter how much he fucking cussed me out, punched me, you name it, I knew that it was out of a care and concern way and manner. Yeah, there was a couple of us who always recognized that when you were in the the depth of your addiction, that you were still underneath it all a, a good person. There was me, Rab, and Dunn, and. I guess Bam realized it. He, if if he did, he didn't show it much. He didn't seem to, and we all had sympathy. But I mean, but there was. So it's like you know, we would always know that like there was Brandon underneath there. But I got to tell you, there was a time when I thought, and it was right around 2014. Okay, I want to say when I was like, Brandon is dead, and and not in the not in that you were going to die through your addiction, that your persona of Brandon Novak, the, the, the thing we cared about in you was dead and another, a demon had taken his place permanently. Too far gone to return, if yes. you will. Yes, I was like, I was like, I was like that dude, Brandon Novak, who, who we, we like and we care about, we know is a good person and would, you know, if he saw a baby in the middle of the street, would sacrifice his own life to save that baby from getting hit by a truck. Sure. Uh, that person is gone. You know, a selfish monster has yes. taken his place. And it was like Bucky, Bucky Lassick <clears throat> had come to that conclusion. And it was, you know, it was uh it was crazy that you actually recovered from that. Cause I was like, he's 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 dead. You know? And I get it. And 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 that really helps me in in my current day and position and what I do in life and what I believe my higher power has set me forth to do at this particular moment, right? Is because like, I remember Dunn, for example, you know, you, Bucky, my mother, CJ, uh, people not talking to me or at me, but with me, right? Having empathy, sympathy, and compassion with me. Even though they screamed at me, they cussed at me, they might've fucking hit me, beat me up, tried to slap sense into me. I saw past that and I knew it was coming out of a genuine place of concern, care, and compassion and, 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 and utter fear, right? Like you said, 
He's so far gone that there's no redemption in that guy. Yeah. But what that's allowed me to do now is to to not put expectations on people. And in the program that I work of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, our number one our our, our number one uh, threat is is resentments. Resentments are our number one offender. They lead people back to drink nine ninety nine out of a hundred times. So resentments to me come from expectations on you, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Like expectations, friends, like I talked about, why isn't my fucking intro video not done? I've expected you to do that for months. I've said I'll pay you. I got the footage to you. Why expect, and me not putting that expect, me putting that expectation on you leads to nothing but an unfulfilled resentment because you will never meet my requirements how I think you should be, right? So, so what I've done like talking about coming over here, I was able to regroup, recenter. Okay, Franz is a human being. Franz is a busy man. Franz takes care of his mom. Take all your feelings into consideration. That's allowed me to remove from that expectation that I've put on you. So that's yeah. now in, in my everyday world, I don't put expectations on people because there are unfulfilled resentments, which are number one offenders to my sobriety. Why? Because I've learned that with me. I am a walking, talking, fucking miracle. Therefore, that person that's homeless under the bridge that no one thinks will get clean, I believe that he can. Why? Because I believe in miracles. Why? Because I am one. What was going through your mind back? Remember I said, you know, you had past the point of no return yes. in 2014 and I thought we would never get Brandon back. Uh-huh. What would go through your mind like when you would see me coming? Because you, it sucked. I hated being around you. It fucking, like I would walk into the room like, hey, Novak, uh, France, dude, you know what, dude, fucking, where's my fucking money for Dream Seller? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, Phil's in charge of that. He's like, well, how do I know you're not stealing from me? Right. Because I can't steal from you. The checks go to Phil. Phil, you know, Bam's dad, he he divides the money between you, me, and Bam and fucking gives us our check. Well, what the hell the fuck do I know? What the fuck else is... I'm like, Brandon, what's just wrong with you? Like, what was going through your mind? Like, it, it was... Why did you well, have all, so much hate? All Because all I was doing was deflecting and 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 deflecting the reality for what it was right i was not being accountable for what i was who i had became in the position that i brandon Novak had put myself in so if i caused enough chaos and confusion throughout what's going on right here right now it's like the whole sleight of hand trick the the smoking mirrors watch the right while the left gets you you know, so if I can convince everyone in the room that there's someone worse than me or create some dramatic situation, that's less atten negative attention that I will consume on myself yes. for who I really am. I see. That's and why then, that's why you end, always fought Eden. That's why you always yes. fought fucking Cleveland. And then at the end of the day, what do I do? Fuck you, Franz. You're, I know you're stealing from me one way or another. Stage exit left. I leave the room because ultimately that's what I'm doing anyways. I'm looking for an excuse to get out of this situation that I, Brandon Novak, have yet again created for myself. Why? Because I lack the ability to accept accountability for where I'm at. That was crazy, man. It, that that was it was it was insane. I'm I'm like getting flashbacks of how bad you were, and I'm like, how did you return? That was it's crazy that you that you. Anyway, well, we the, the way I yeah. returned, it's real simple. Walking in that 13th inpatient treatment center, I always had a plan. Every time previous to that 13th inpatient treatment center, I always had a plan, meaning I knew where I was expected to be in six months, what woman I would have in nine months, what job I'd have in a year, right? That plan, what is that? That's an expectation. As soon as expectations are not met, they are fucking resentments. And what do I end up doing ultimately? I end up drinking. This last treatment center, number 13, I walk in, I'm so beaten, I've finally been, I've finally been, 
demoralized in just such a fashion from drugs and alcohol. I've been beaten into that state of reasonableness that now that you have my attention, I walk into that facility for the first time with no fucking plan. I'm out of plans. And that lack of plan has produced the best of plans. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it allowed me to get out of my way. All of a sudden, you know what I do know? That I don't know. My very best thinking gets me here. I can't stay sober. That's evident. Look at my past. But Franz, you apparently can. So hey, can you help me? And I put my hand out for the first time now. I'm being humbled enough to ask for help, which means I'm being open-minded and willing to follow the suggestions that you have now just given me. Why? Because it's a direct result of enough fucking pain in my life. Because mm-hmm. I won't change when shit is unmanageable. I change when shit is unbearable. Mm-hmm. You know, And pain is the only motivating factor that dictates any form of change in my life. And they call that rock bottom, right? Yes, yes. And everyone's looks different. You know, I, I'll, I'll do my talks and people will say, well, wow, my story wasn't as bad as yours. No shit, my story wasn't as bad as my story either in treatment center number one, two, or three. Yeah. You know, but I chose to kept digging. I think anyone can hit their bottom when they stop fucking digging. Mm-hmm. I was too smart for my own good. I outthought myself out of every situation. Go figure, I walk into the 13th facility with no plan, which means no more thinking. I was beaten so fucking bad that I couldn't even come up with another idea. And, uh, and and here I sit with you today with almost four years of continuous. Spending. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go to let's go to this caller. He's been waiting for a million years. Hello, caller. Hello. Hey, sorry to keep you waiting. What's uh, oh, what's on your mind on the Novak and Franz show? Oh, what's up? Uh, what's up, Brandon? What's up, Joe? How are you guys doing? Great, man. Great. You know, um, my name is Brian, a.k.a. Half Sack. I got my own podcast called uh, Nod Squad. We just put up. I got um, 60 Days Clean. Fuck um, yeah, congratulations. Nice. That's a miracle. Thanks, thanks you guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. You're really a uh, good inspiration, Brandon. I, you know, ever since I was watching Haggard and saw, you know, like the bonus features where you were talking to Dunn and calling you out on your bullshit, like I've seen like you struggle for countless times over and over and it's really refreshing to see you like have so much clean time behind you it's, it's awesome it's been helping me with you know actually taking uh step work and meetings and recovery like seriously for you know first time yeah. so i just wanted and to thank works. you for that Isn't it weird it works so what's what's the yeah. what, what's the most difficult part about it for you uh social media is like the biggest thing like because you know back in the day you could forget a phone number like easy, but you could, you, I mean, when you block your dealer on Facebook, you can just go right and unblock him, and he'll add you right back. So I think that's the biggest problem. And, um, huh. you know, I, I did a lot of, I'm like a musician. And, um, so I was doing a lot of promo, like music promos when I was back in LA and, you know, I have like 2000 friends on Facebook. So I, I really have to go with my sponsor and really do a cleaning out of yeah. old people and, and getting, you know, people, places and things out of my life. And that, so that's that been happens, the biggest, that happens through the steps, right? That, that you look yeah. at the cause and con- the causes and conditions, what part you played in it, right? Cause there is no their part. Exactly. Right? It's, it's you, right? You're the problem. Yeah. You're thinking your attitude and your behavior. The drinking, the drug are merely a fucking solution. What happens when they take the solution away from a practicing addict or alcoholic? We're like a stranger in our own skin trying to figure out who the fuck let us in. And for the first time, yeah. we don't want to revert back to the drink and the drug. So, uh, you know, to fill that internal void, which usually always came from an external uh, solution, such as a drink or a drug, what I've done is experienced the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that has uh, filled this internal void to, to where my external solution is no longer a bag of heroin or a glass of wine. 
You know, I never thought yeah. about that, though, caller, how you're saying how one of the most difficult things is, you know, your any dealer you had is literally at a click away on your phone. Because back in the day, we used to either hide Novak's phones, break yeah. them, yeah. or erase them. Steal them. <laughs> yeah, steal them. I've stolen his phones before, and it's yeah. like... I never thought of that. That's insane. It's like, I don't want to talk to this guy. Boop, there it is on Facebook Messenger. Like, boop, there it is on Twitter. Like, wow. You know, I always God. say that. Yeah, I, I never real. had the, I always had the public figure Facebook where I never had to accept friends. So there was never like a, a relationship. When I got sober, I started a, a private Facebook. And the only reason why I started that is so I could talk to girls, like DM them. I had no idea that that existed. And I learned that in rehab. And I said to myself a lot of times, I'm like, man, thank God I didn't have like a regular Facebook when I was using or else I would have never fucking figured well, this out. Well, you used the Twitter. Probably, oh, yeah, I use Twitter, but I, and then I would delete the messages before he, you would read them. Yeah. But then you would accuse me of deleting True. the wrong messages. Because you thought the person just never wrote back to you and you thought I deleted that message. <laughs> do, you, but, do you remember the time, do you, Novak, one time when you were in Baltimore supposedly cleaning up, uh -huh. CJ sent me a screen cap of where you were going that day because he could, he could tr he used the track your phone app. Yeah, yeah. And you were circling the same four block radius over oh, and my. over and over all day on foot. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, you know, I don't think he's going on a nice uh, recreational walk Leisurely around the block. Stroll. Yeah, he's <laughs> looking for dealers all day. I was like, he's in yeah. hell. Yeah. He's in hell. I Literally. think the screenshots were for when um, someone broke into Bam's house and they started oh, accusing man. Novak of doing it. And I was like, no, he's been in Baltimore. Here's where he's, his location. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, is yeah, anything valuable don't. stolen? And they go, no. I was like, he knows where everything is. Yeah, he would have yeah, broken in. on. <laughs> So, uh, so, sorry to cut you off, caller. Social what did you, media. What, what did, you um, did you have some questions? Um, yeah, yeah, I did, actually. Um, uh, first of all, I've been trying to, you know, I know you're a busy man, and I've been, I wanted to reach out and just say, you know, you're welcome to come on our podcast anytime. We've been, uh, I just actually had Amy Dresner on. She wrote, uh, I think it was a New York Times number one bestselling uh, book, My, uh, what's it called? My Fair Junkie. Um, and she, she's been amazing, but yeah, I, I'd love to reach out and, uh, you know, see if you could ever schedule a time to come on and talk recovery with our, with our, uh, audience. But okay. my, yeah, I, have, I, had, I did have a, good. what was that? I'll have CJ look into it question. and we'll figure it out. But what's this? What's oh, this thank you. Um, yeah, my question is, well, basically, um, this, uh, last run I had, I, it was kind of an eye opener. I, I was, you know, shooting up heroin and you know anything I could put into a needle. That is the exact opposite up, of an I, eye opener. <laughs> yeah, well, well Franz, I thought no, you would actually, like that one. Opiates really got me like <laughs> hyper. It was really weird. I had like adverse reaction to it. But um uh this last time I, I fell out, I it took four hits in the lock zone to bring me back to life, you know, and uh it it kind of you know spooked me. But uh I had a I kinda was trying to keep that whole experience uh a secret from my parents because you know they're getting older i didn't want them to worry about me and stuff now that i'm clean and i was opening up to my sisters about it and uh one of my three sisters the youngest one eventually snitched me out and uh so it's kind of put a strain on my relationship with her and i'm trying to figure out a way to kind of like 
reconnect with her or t- you work address. the steps work the steps when you get to step nine that is making amends for the wrongs that you have done and making okay. them right you do that in order but are you mad at her well yeah i mean i mean she's my sister i always love her but yeah i felt a little bit betrayed dude she, the she saved your fucking life dude is- dude dude she saved your life what are you talking about you, you no, know, I was already clean. No, I was clean by the. I had thirty days behind my belt by the time she snitched me uh, out. So it's not like you're yeah, but me yeah, but 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 how many you know? time, But how many times prior to that did you have clean time? I mean, I've I've relapsed a million times. Well, see you there. You, uh, well, see there. You go, dude. To her, it wasn't real. You got to understand. Well, like I like your your thirty days clean. She could have thought it's a lie. Like, like maybe, yeah. maybe you looked at her the wrong way. Maybe you exited the room the wrong way. And she was terrified that like, oh my God, like he's, he, he I think he's on it again. I don't know. You have to understand true. as paranoid as you get when you're a drug user, you get 10 times as paranoid. You know, you got to think of the feelings of the people who care about you. And it's like, she's paranoid as well. She's like, is he lying this time? Is it true? Like, is, is he going to go have some crazy binge and just fucking... You know, like she she doesn't know, so it's like that came out of concern, not because she wanted to tattletale on you and make you look bad. So, well, I I can respect that, but the also I I want her to also kind of understand that you know the only person that's going to keep me clean is is me. Well, so she doesn't he, know that she's not an AA, she's not an NA, she's she's just, she's someone who who cares about you. It's like you know, I found that and and, and believe I care me, about her too, you know, yeah, 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 but but. But believe me when I say I'm, I'm older than you, and I, I, I can tell you that the worst, when you start to look at the people around you and you're angry at them, a lot of it is because you're expecting them to view the world as you currently view it. And you can't, okay, I can you, you can't control everything, and you, you certainly can't project the way you feel into someone else's mind. They're going to feel how they True. feel, and you can't control that. So, you know, you have to learn to accept that and just, you know, you, you, ha- you have to get past that, man. You have to get past those feelings. And, I, and and I want to, you know, but you could, wouldn't you say that in the same regard on the other side of the coin, she can't control, you know, She doesn't know, know that. Dude, you know how long me and Bam and Novak's and Novak's mother and Phil and April and Rab and Dunn and everyone tried to help him by, I, by, I, I by comparing idea, notes with each but, other. It's like, yeah. like no one knows there's that light at the end of the tunnel. All, all we see is like, True. we have to protect this guy before he fucking kills himself. You know? Yeah, so I can see that. So you have to see it from her point of view as, as hard as that is, because it's like, fuck. And you're never that, going to, no? you know, you're never, she's never going to ultimately, you know, God forbid I had AIDS. Right. And yeah. I'm sitting here and I'm like, mm. Franz, fuck you. I want you to know what it feels like to have AIDS like me. You can empathize, you can sympathize, but you'll never truly know what it feels like. I see. Exactly. You know, so, so he's trying his hardest, maybe, maybe not. But the reality is, again, through the step work, right, the 12 steps, you'll learn once you you got all God willing, get into the work and stay into the work, there is no their part right it's it's because why it's about you cleaning up your side of the street so yes we make the amends to maybe hopefully make them feel better about it and apologize but ultimately what we're doing is we're making our wrongs right all it really matters is about cleaning our side of the streets up because we don't want to drink again so there is you know there's it 
it's you. You are the problem. Your thinking, your attitude, yeah. your behaviors, your accountability, your behaviors puts you in that situation to feel how you feel about this. Yeah. If you weren't ever doing that, you'd never be sitting here fucking complaining. Poor me, poor me. How dare <laughs> I do this? <laughs> yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah. And, but you I mean, know, but you, I am trying to actively make you know things right with her, and I don't want her to see step. that. I am trying to actively try to better my what life. Step now, what you know? step are you on? What step are you on? I'm on step one. I just got a sponsor. He, I okay, had to do so the whole call down, every day killer. for 30 days. Slow down. Yeah, you just continue to do what he says. <laughs> slow down. But, but I get it. You know, you're eager. You you know, that's what we are. We are addicts. We're alcoholics. And what that means is we want instant fucking gratification. Right? Oh, I want, for sure. I, I want to be, I want to feel and think and be in the position of two years sober with 30 days sober. It just doesn't work yeah. that way. Uh, if yeah. you go into the woods walking in one direction for... Uh, five years you can't turn around and make it out in two days it just doesn't work that way so yeah, get your no, sponsor get follow his suggestions do what he says because your very best thinking has put you in this situation time after time do the yeah, work exactly. and, and you'll make your wrongs right when it's time which is the ninth step and they go in order for a reason uh, and, uh, that Definitely. might not make sense or that might not be the answer that you want but it's the answer that's no no fucking right. I appreciate it Yep. So, hey, man, thanks for calling. Thanks in, for calling. We we appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. Good and, uh, yeah, I'll reach out, see if we can get you on Nod Squad. Cool. Like, I- it's always good to hear success stories, isn't it? Yeah, man, because it, miracles. It's mm-hmm. statistic state theoretical evidence dictates that I, as well as he, are to be higher dead right now. The fact that we're not is A, miraculous, equaling miracle, and B, it defies logic. And speaking of miracles that defy logic, we, uh, we're going to cut to this wonderful message and uh we'll be right back afterwards words 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 well not before but jesus christ (laughs) everybody make sure you check out a friday double header tomorrow with all new might be tunes exclusive stuff we got might be brews as well friday double header spectacular perfect way to end takeover week Check us out at mbnnetwork.com. Oh, that was music to my ears. <laughs> this is Joe Franz, and I'm here with Brandon Novak on the Novak and Franz Show. And we have a caller. It looks like they're from the UK, a 44 area code. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. Evening, boys. Hey, how are you, man? Cheerio and Pip yeah, Pip. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Do they, hey, do they really say uh, Cheerio and Pip Pip? Do you know or, how annoying or, that probably is to him? I know, no, I'm just saying. But I, see, I watch. I fucking want to I watch him. like 60s, uh, you know, English films, and they always say that. And I'm like, there's no way people ever actually said any of that. It has to be Americanized bullshit, right? Wait, wait, sorry, say that again. Uh, <laughs> or adult. <laughs> it's not even worth it. But um, so, uh, so uh, what's in your mind, caller? Uh, not a lot. I just thought I'd give you guys a ring. Uh, I just want to say a massive, um, massive bit of support to uh, Novak and his sobriety and everything. Cheers, and, man. Uh, Thank you so much. I, and that, and to both of you, like, obviously, for everyone that's come out of your era of the jackass culture and stuff, it, it's never been easy, sort of, like, growing up and a bit, you know what I mean? Um, but it's good to see everyone, seem, like, the majority of everyone seems to be a bit on the right path. 
That means a lot. Thank you so much. You know, it, there's uh, there's always a place in my heart, you know, when that opens up whenever someone tells a story like that, that they've been, you know, paying attention to the entertainment we've been putting out for years. It, it means a lot. Thank you. Um, no, no problem at all. Like, what did you I mean, you what did you mean when, you said, when you said that it doesn't look like everyone's doing good? Who, who in particular uh, do you, are you talking about that maybe doesn't look like they're doing that well? Mm, I wouldn't, to be honest, right now, from what I can see on social media and stuff, I wouldn't say anyone seems to be like they're not doing that well. But I guess like in the last, in the last 10, 10 or so years, when you guys have been like dipping in and out of doing projects, um, I can see that obviously, you know, friendships can sometimes break down a bit and things like that. And that can kind of lead to substance stuff, substance abuse. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but from what I can, sorry, no, 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 go on. ahead. Go ahead, please. No, no, but uh, yeah, from what I can see currently, obviously you shouldn't always just judge what people are doing on social media. Um, you, you just see all kinds of stupid comments and stuff when, you know, they're not, they're not with that person 24-7. Yeah, social like media that. offers a very interesting lens uh, into viewing someone else's life. And to me, it's a Rorschach test. It's like you look at the comments of the fans and they believe what they want to believe. You know, and they, yeah. they kind of make up their own narrative as as to what they're seeing, you know. But but it is true. There have been there has been falling outs. I mean, there has been a point in all of our careers where it's like each one of us involved in the, in the, the CKY leg of Jackass has had a mm-hmm. big problem with the other ones. You know, I mean, there was I mean, it was a huge fight me and Dunn had bam. I mean. When we did Bam's Unholy Union, Dunn didn't want to even be on the fucking show. You know, Rab and yeah, Bam yeah. got mad at each other for a couple of years. I mean, that's going to happen, you know, in, in yeah, most relationships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With Like, I don't know. And sometimes I think, like, when I see a lot of the comments on you guys' Instagrams and whatever, you have to, like, I don't know, I feel like saying to these people, you know, sit down, take a look at your friends in your age group. Are you still friends with everyone you were friends with when you were 20? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, um, you know, a, a, a friend of mine said to me when I was very young, he was older, he was in his 20s, I was like 16, and I was really bummed out because I lost a good friend through an argument. And he said, mm-hmm. listen, man, the friends you make are the friends you're going to lose. You know, he's like, he's like mm-hmm. if you can count the good friends you have on two hands, God has blessed you. Like if you have, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, honestly, most people don't have more than three good friends. And by a good friend, I mean someone who will help you out if you're in a jam. You know, if something bad happens to you and you need consolation, they will get in their car and drive two hours to your house just to talk you down. You know, and those people are so rare, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like I'm in my late 20s now and... Yeah, I can I can definitely understand that. Yeah, sure. Novak, did you have anything you but wanted yeah. to say? Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> he agrees. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, hey, thanks for calling. Thank you so much. We really UK, appreciate man. it. God bless you. No problem, you. guys. Keep up the good work. Stay positive and all that. Right all on. the good stuff. We're going to try. Cheers. <laughs> Novak, what's the biggest fight you've ever been in with a friend? Fuck, I mean... Most of my friendships were 90% fights. 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they were ninety percent fighting, ten percent friends when I was in rehab. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were they were nice to me when I was in rehab, and the other part was just ninety percent of them fucking hating my actions and behaviors, so they just continued to scream at me. What is that? What are you watching? That was skating. You're watching yeah. skating while you're doing a podcast. I was. I fucking my attention, man. You got to keep it or you lose it. Oh, well, so now it's it's up to us. See, that's 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 the addict mentality right there. See, we're responsible for keeping your yeah, attention on your podcast with your name on it. The three of us are, are have to engage you in constant barrage of fucking shit to keep your mind. Going. Looks like we got another caller here, right? Not only there, is now. your name yeah. on it, but it's first. <laughs> you get top well, billing. So you're the boss. You can watch skate videos if you want. I Thank you. Well, What's the most guilty you ever felt for betraying a friend? Oh, fuck. Um, there's just been so many times. There's not like, because when my life, my life was littered with fighting, bad times, rehabs, fighting, bad times, rehabs, death, death, destruction, despair. That like, it's really hard to fucking... It's like finding a needle in the haystack of, yeah. of all those. I'll tell you the worst I ever felt was when we made Haggard. And so, you know, we bought this camera and it was a 16 millimeter camera. And to run 10 minutes of film through that camera cost a fucking thousand dollars. And so we had our first shoot with that camera was Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. And we, we filmed a, him, a live him music video. And that footage got lost, right? Well, I went to New York before we bought the camera and I tested it. And I told the guy who we were buying it from, I was like, look, I'm seeing problems here. So get, get this thing repaired, send it to Araflex. And it was an Arri 2C super 16 millimeter camera. And I said, look, send it to Araflex, get it fixed, and we'll come pick it up just in time for the show. And so he assured me that he did it. And there wasn't time to test the camera. Like that was it. Like we picked it up on a Friday and the the him show and the Tony Hawk shoot was like that Saturday and Sunday. So there was no time to retest it. And I took him on his word. And the film came, he didn't fucking test. He didn't fix the camera. He just thought we were dumb kids and he would just rip us off and save himself $300. So he gave us the camera without fucking touching it. Hmm. And um, the footage came back fucked up. You know, Tony Hawk footage. Tony Hawk, who invested money in the film, you know, his, and we had to, we had to refilm his part. And so, bam. He was, flipped out and he ran into town and sat on the edge of that, uh, the, the, uh, the parking garage, the parking garage for hours. People weren't, and he was walking on the ledge. People weren't sure if he was getting ready to fucking call it quits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was going to jump off. And then he's like, you know what? This isn't that far down. This is only four stories. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I go, I, if I jump, I'll just probably be paralyzed for life and my situation will get worse. I'll never die. Fortun- that was the same parking garage that Rob Rab shit off of. Yeah. And, and fortunately, that's the tallest building in Westchester. <laughs> so it's four <laughs> stories. So he didn't, he didn't off himself over, over that, uh, but, you know what the but, common but theme I felt, is? But I felt that you guilty. You keep losing fucking footage. That's the common theme that I'm hearing. I didn't lose. Oh, my God. <laughs> heard it like four no, times I, I Project felt, I felt bad for that. On. No one else blamed me, but I blame myself for I'm not. blaming you. Common theme. Should I, jump off? <laughs> Should I jump off the parking garage and paralyze myself? Then <laughs> I'd never go. edit your stupid, <laughs> your stupid little you demo reel. You have nothing but time. <laughs> that's that, true. Did you see that? Now it's a stupid little <laughs> <Yeah>. demo reel. 
<laughs> stupid little demo reel to, to self-glorify yourself. Before. As if it's not enough that you go when you, when you have a public speaking event that you're the star and you're on all the posters. You have to make everyone sit through a video of you before you come out and talk to I'm them. I'm allowing them to walk a mile in my shoes, Franz. I'm allowing them. <laughs> so, uh, well, it looks like we got another caller. Let's see how long it takes CJ to hook this up. He Two, hasn't dropped one yet three, today. I'm pretty fucking four, impressed. Five, six, seven, eight. Hello, caller. How's it going? What's what's up, Joe? It's Dylan. I called before and spoke to y'all last time. Okay. You know what, man? I, I'm not to be a fucking bearer of bad news, but I'm reading through the comments. And people are like, dude, I've called, I called, I called. I never get through. I feel like we should kind of open the lines for somebody that hasn't gotten through yet. Well, Dylan. Well, you just told Dylan he's an asshole. <laughs> Dylan got no, I didn't. But Dylan already got through. <laughs> Dylan, are you going to take that lion down? <laughs> Dylan, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Dylan, what's on your mind? All right, man. So, I have one topic I wanted to bring up because I saw it a few days back, man. Uh, I gotta ask you and Novak. Uh, What's the situation with those pictures Bam was posting? Is he like resentful towards like your recent success, Novak? Describe describe the like, pictures. Describe the pictures to the audience so they know what you're talking about. They Which, were on these planks. They were on these uh, two by fours and shit. I think, and there was some. Uh, I don't. The kind of vulgar stuff it seemed like at times. I don't know. I was talking about a bunch of fucked up stuff that I guess happened back in the that's day. Not a, that's not. That's not. That's not an apt description. Okay, so you <laughs> saw pictures on Bam's Instagram depicting what? Basically, uh, him <laughs> asking for fucking handouts and stuff. Basically, I don't know, something along the lines of Bam was reaching help out for Novak in the past a lot now. Like, he's successful. I, I really only saw like one okay, or two Okay, so pictures. you're talking about a series of, of posts on Bam's Instagram where he basically called Novak out for not being there to help him through his um through his through his um self-destructive behavior that he's currently undergoing. Why didn't you just fucking explain it? Because I didn't know which ones. There's so many horrible oh, posts. Fuck off. You knew exactly what he was talking <laughs> well, about. Then so that, did your I. description was probably accurate. And then, it yes. was, Dylan. He just fucking, for some reason, <laughs> wanted to give you the ability or afford you the opportunity to explain, which he knew that you were never going to do a well, sufficient the point of the thing, job. The point of the thing is he wants to hear fuck. what you think of it. Not, not that you're angry I know, at if me. If you ever shut the fuck up, I could lay in here. You want to explain a little more, Franz? You want to ask him one more time to try just, to explain the same thing? Just do your job. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> you spent the last 15 minutes looking at fucking, looking at skate videos while during the podcast. I've been uh, carrying yeah, the whole you know, goddamn you, thing. You, now he gets a chance to talk and he won't shut the fuck up about being angry at me. <laughs> All right. Let's regroup here on the Novak and Franz show. Dylan. So, Novak, what's your opinion? Oh, don't fucking try that. Too late to be the nice guy now. <laughs> Dylan, what, what, it, what, it, what, how I perceived it, right? How I took it. Uh, and that means it's coming from my fucked up brain, my delusional alcoholic mind. Um, is, is it was a cry, you know, it was a cry for help, right? It was, um, I, I wish I could say something that was really profound, but it, there's nothing profound about it. It was it was a sick individual yeah. who was at a very tough time in his life, and and he, and he was reaching out for for someone to be there for him, you know. And and did he go about it the appropriate way? No. But but 
that's what we do when we're drinking and drugging. Why? Because True. the abnormal becomes the normal. We start living on the animalistic level. So to me, was that the right way to go about it? Absolutely fucking not. But to him, ask him if that was the right way to go about it, he'd say absolutely. You know, so it, it makes sense to me. I understand it. Why? Because I was in that position many a times for many a years doing the same things and getting the same results. Um, so I, I understand it. And uh, yeah, that's that. Well, it's good to hear, man. It's good to hear that you can take that perspective and not hold resentment toward him or anything. And hopefully he gets the help that he needs. Hopefully I wish the best for him. That's all I got to say. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for calling Thank you, in, Dylan. Dylan. Hey, and I won't tie up the line, man, but I just had that one question. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Y'all take care. Hey, all right, man, we love you. Thanks one. for calling, Dylan. Hey, Franz, you want to ask him to explain one more time what he um, saw on Instagram? So, but so, but the thing is, though, about about that trail of bam's post that he was putting up it's like at the time you know you had gotten him into a rehab yeah. and he checked himself out within 48 hours well, no the post he's talking about were the pictures prior to him going into rehab. oh the recycled ones from a couple oh, of them from oh years ago. okay the cartoons okay but you know what right coming back to perception him posting those pictures of me on instagram in about a three-day time span yielded me 12 thousand new followers in a three-day time span right so now what does that do potentially inevitably it can help twelve thousand more people because nine out of ten people go to my instagram posts and they say they find it of one of inspiration makes them want to do better so through his downfall through his defeat his demise becomes really uh, a, a blessing yeah you know, why? Because 12,000 other new followers stumbled across my page and one day when they might be ready to throw the towel in and say, it's too overwhelming, it's easier for me just to pick up a drink or a drug, they say, nah, fuck, I just saw something on his post that makes me believe that I can get another day sober. Well, I guess every cloud does have a silver lining. That was no, fucking profound. No, I'm, I'm getting calls right now. Yeah, but when I try and connect with them, it says call ended. Oh. So. CJ, it's ringing right now. Well, it's, I hit accept on here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. As, as, as Novak is going through his diatribe, <laughs> CJ's dropping one call after another. Novak's going back to skate videos. He said, fuck this. Yeah, I'm about halfway there. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. So it's like, um, so Bam's currently in Estonia. And, you know, I don't know. We He texts me every now and then. And it's always like, hey, what's going on? And then I'm like, yay, Bam, how's it going? Like, and he's like, yeah, dude, we haven't hung out in forever. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, boom, he immediately hits me up for a favor. It's like, wait, do you want to hang out or do you need a favor? Like, Hold on, I'll help you with a favor, but just pee up front. If you need a favor, I'll help you. But, like, don't say, don't preface it as I miss you. We haven't hung out. Uh, okay, here we go. Hello, caller. Yeah, what up, dude? Yeah, dude. It's Rab. Yo. Oh, I no, it's not question, Rab. man. No, it's not. It's uh, my name's Tyler. Yo, um, when you guys filmed Jackass Two, I know you had to take out those scenes with Don Vito. Uh, I was just wondering if that will ever see the light of day. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. It, it's it's uh, so you got to understand the big gag of the whole thing was the Don Vito tooth pull. So Knoxville and Bam. That was originally supposed to be me. They got the tooth pull, you know. 
Uh, but but they, you didn't. But you didn't have any teeth to spare. No, I broke. What a hard, your jokes fucking piss me off. I ended up getting arrested because I broke my ankle the day before. They were taking me to the emergency room. Remember, the state trooper was following. That's when they picked me up on the prescription. Phone. Oh yeah. Uh, I was originally supposed to be the one to do the tooth pull thing. But instead, you went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, fun fact. But yeah, so, you know, Don Vito at at the time was a very outrageous character and everyone loved him. And so we did the Don Vito tooth pull, Knoxville and Bam got in Bam's car, um, pulled his tooth via string out of his mouth. And I shot it in in super 16 millimeter film in slow motion, which at the time was the only way you could get slow motion. You know, there was no video slow motion. And um, then Don Vito got wrongfully accused and yeah. you know and and believe me it was wrongfully accused and i i'm legally i'm limited as to what i'm allowed to say about it but uh don vito is innocent and it was a very lecherous um very lecherous legal proceeding in my opinion and there was yeah, that was some a, legal bullshit dude it was bullshit and also there was a political motivation um that the judge was behind, in my opinion. So I, I'm, I'm very limited as to what I'm allowed to say about it, but it was complete fucking bullshit. It ruined Don Vito's life. It depleted what little money he had, which was, which was a minuscule bank account. He almost lost, and it, it, and you know what? It eventually killed him. Um. So, but I do have Don Vito's tooth from that tooth pull. No, no, Mac, would you stop banging on the table? We can hear that on the microphone. Shut up. It's better than hearing your fucking voice. He's texting. What are you texting? What are you texting? Someone you're on trying Tinder, to get the treatment. No. You're on Tinder. No. Okay, let me read this. So, babe, <laughs> I'll give you treatment. No, okay. No, he's, he's, he's legitimately helping out somebody. But yeah, so that's, that's the name of that tune. With uh, with the Don Yo, Vito uh, tooth real, pull. So, real quick though, before I get kicked off, uh, <laughs> what was your favorite like Don Vito moment off camera? Like, you know, like what was he doing behind the scenes that like was like hilarious or just really cool or something? One of the one of the so we did a Viva La Bam episode, Bam of the Bayou, and we were always kind of afraid that Vito would get a little too drunk. Um, you know, he loved his beer. You know, he loved. He yeah, he loved his beer. He loved the oh, drink. Yeah, so we were, it was like two in the afternoon, and he's like two six-packs deep. And so a couple of us went up to Vito, and we were like, hey, man, you know, you, you got to chill out. Like, you're starting to get a little out of control. We don't want you to pass out by dinner time." And he goes, he goes, you think I don't know what the fuck I'm doing? He goes, I know what the fuck <laughs> I'm doing. Seriously, like, I, I got this. I, you know. Just let me act crazy. Let me let me be me. I'll be fine. And like we realized that like that Don Vito character was. I mean, it was him. He had that in him. But a lot was for, for was for the show. When that camera was going, he knew what to do to make himself outrageous. You know, and it and it put another side, uh, another human side on Don Vito. Um, Another thing that happened was when we did the Fort Knoxville episode, when Knoxville came to town, there was a thing where he stole Don Vito's pants and threw it in the pool. And Don Vito actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Don Vito teared up. I remember I was with him because he had pictures of like his nieces and nephews and his mother and his father at different points of their lives in his wallet. Pictures he could never get back. And... Uh. 
he started to like tear up because those, you know, be, the chlorine water in the pool was deteriorating them. And I, I was helping him. You know, there was a there was a dryer in the hotel room. I you know, he got like, really pissed, like, like a hair dryer. Really yeah, that's why I remember he was super. There was pissed. irreplaceable pictures. Wow. And so, like, I remember I had the hand dryer, and I was like helping him dry them out and save the fucking oh, pictures. Shit. And yeah, he was like really, really sad. You know, and he was looking at pictures. I mean. You know how it is when you carry pictures in your wallet? You might look at them once a year when you clean your wallet out, put your new driver's license in and stuff. And he's like looking at all these memories and I'm like looking at his life with him. And um, yeah, so, you know, he wasn't, he portrayed himself as this outrageous, you know, bimbo buffoon, you know, do, you know, just crazy with, you know, this low IQ, but beneath it, he was a very sensitive man. Um, He was a patriot. Um, he loved his friends and his family, and there was a lot of heart in that man. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, he was a legend, dude, for sure. One last Don Vito story. Um, so <laughs> one time I went to the bar with him, and there was these uh, these two Italian guys, you know, and you got to picture your typical South Philly Italian, man, you know, with the, the gold – the gold chains, the 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 brute smelling like brute thirty three, hair done up in that you know with all that mousse and stuff. They're like, yo, Don Vito, we got a got a question to ask you. He goes, yeah, what's your question? Yo, Don Vito, we have a bet going. Are you really Italian? And he goes Don Vito's like, yeah, I'm Italian. So what? And and they're like, yeah, because uh, you see, we're Italian too. And it's like, first of all, no shit. You reek like Brute 33 and you're wearing a gold cross. Like, yeah, you're Italian. But it's like, that was their whole deal. Is they're Italian and he's Italian. So they felt this like strong connection because they're from, they, they look like something right out of the Jersey Shore. So then this other guy comes up and he goes, yo, Don Vito, you fucking fat piece of shit. And Don Vito's, he can take, a, he can take some verbal abuse, but the guy wouldn't let up. And he goes, let me, and the guy was completely drunk. And he goes, Don Vito, you're a fucking fat piece of shit. I'm not kidding. I'm fucking serious, man. You know what? When people laugh, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. You're the fucking butt of all jokes. You're a fucking, and I'm like, oh my God. Like, so Don Vito starts doing his thing I've seen before he fights. He starts clenching his hand. He's a powerful man. Like he did auto body work for like fucking 30 years. So he's clenching his hand, getting all that fucking strength back. And he takes his hand like a fucking baseball mitt hand, spins around, does a fucking 180 degree spin, grabs a guy by the neck, pulls him around around the other 180, pins the guy's neck against the bar with one hand, takes up the other hand in a karate chop formation and goes, liver guy! Just like the Karate Kid Part (laughs) 2. And so the guy's pinned completely powerless. Don Vito literally could have killed him. He goes, the the guy's like, what? He goes, live or die! And the guy goes, live, live! Don Vito goes, I'll let you live. You buy me a beer. And he goes, okay, I'll buy you a beer. So Don Vito unpins him. The dude fucking goes to the bartender, buys them both a beer, and they drank together. (laughs) <laughs> is that an amazing fucking story or what? That is awesome. Yeah, it was like, it was not what I expected to see. Huh. So, yeah, there you have it. Some of my best Don Vito stories coming out here. 
I know he traded a half a hoagie for a blowjob when he worked in that auto body shop. <laughs> how, do you know, how do you know that? Because we've talked about it with Phil. Phil told us, me and Bam. A, a half a hoagie? A half a hoagie. Who'd he get it from? Franz, does that fucking matter? It was a half a hoagie, trade it for a blowjob. Well, that's usually the second half of the story. Where, where'd you buy the hoagie? What kind was it? Who the fuck cares? All right, well, gee whiz. Well, all right, well, I guess that's all the time we have. Um, because I know the story about, I know some of his blowjob stories from, from, uh, South Philly and Chester, Chester Heights when he used to go there to get his blowjobs. He has, he had one on, oh, did I ever tell you about the time we only have two minutes left? I'll make a quick, no, no, you know what? I'll save that story. Uh, that's the end of the Novak and Franz show. A teaser for the next episode. If you want to hear any more Don Vito stories, call the, um, uh, call us next time. And our producer, Taylor Cooper has a, something he wants to say. Taylor, go ahead. Just real quick, I just wanted to uh, give CJ a shout out. He did a lot of work on the Might Be News Network website, mbnnetwork.com. It's never been easier to find the platforms that you want to listen to this show and all the other shows on the network. Uh, Just go to the website, mbnnetwork.com, and up at the top, you can pick whatever show you're looking for, Novak and Franz, any of the other ones. Uh, click on that, and you'll be able to go straight to whatever platform that you choose. It, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google, all of, all the ones that are available. Go check it out. And it's so much easier to navigate, you know, because before it's like you'd have to go to the app, and then you'd have to type in search words, and then the episodes don't come up in order, and it's a big pain in the ass, and everyone's mad at you because you're not playing your favorite thing, and all these people run around, but not anymore. So, uh, yeah, it might be News Network, mbn.com. Check it out. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to see anything I have going on, go to brandonnovak.com. If you're looking for help, possibly finding a better, softer way to live that does not consist of a drink or a drug, call me directly, 610-635-9092, Banyan Treatment Center. Thank and, you. and in addition, uh, if you want autographed copies of Dream Seller or the Brandon Novak Chronicles graphic novel. Again, brandonnovak.com. Uh, go to the uh, the store link, and those are hand signed. Uh, they're not stamped on. We don't have uh, CJ doing it for us behind the scenes. So everything's hand signed. Uh, and there's some other cool stuff on there too you might like as well. Some very limited edition stuff. Thank you. Bye.